Um, yeah, this cold IPA is a really delicious beer and a good version of a silly style. There, I said it. Why do you it's say silly? Si- Why is a cold IPA silly? Well, first of all, it sounds dumb and is misleading. I think a lot of people <laughs> think it's like only enjoyable really cold or it's always served really cold. That's not really right. the fact. And the only cold aspect is that it's usually fairly cold fermented for an ale. And so that reduces the amount of fermentation and yeast flavors and just makes it so that you're just tasting the hops and what little malt there is. But beyond that, it's not remarkably different than a lot of other IPAs. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different from a hazy, but it's not different from like the, the you know, hegemonic style of IPA, which is the West Coast style IPA. Phoebe and I uh, stumbled upon some sort of game show. Um, where? How did we see this? Oh, yeah, we were in like Hulu or... Uh, I don't know what, how else do you watch TV these days, Hulu or something. And uh, we, we found like an old archive of Price is Right. Oh. And I love Price is Right. <laughs> it is such a great show. And Have I was, you ever been? No, I've never been. I'd love to. I mean, I would win everything. <laughs> Have you ever been, Maddie? I've not been, but I live like two blocks away from the studio <laughs> that they do it. I've been. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it is insanity. It's a good time. I'm sure. Well, because, well, well here's the thing. I'll let you finish. And no, that's you fine. Finish. Well, I don't want to cut you off, but it's 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 insanity because you show up and like you get there really early and you're kind of like in this holding area, just kind of waiting. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm not gonna go crazy. Whatever. They're they're, they're putting it on. They're telling them to clap. They're telling them to stand up. So you're sitting there and you're just waiting for so long. And then they walk around and they start giving you. The Price is Right name tags. Ooh. So, so the moment you You've get the name it. tag, you're like, <laughs> you're in. You're like, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm you're part I'm, of the team. You're, you're, on start, the show. you're starting to get hype. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about just the name tag. I'm about to be on the Price is Right. So then, so then, as you file in, they're interviewing you one by one. Like yeah. You ask a question, and based on your interview. They decide who they're going to pick. Yeah, you got to be zany. You got to be there high are, energy. Yeah, what, are, what, whatever you're trying to do. All I know is I'm like, once they interview me, I'm like, oh my god, they, they could, <laughs> they could pick me. They could pick. They could pick. They could actually pick me. So then you file in, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, this is the Price is Right. And and like when I went, Bob Barker was still the. Oh, you were. Yeah, this was oh, like a when while I ago. first moved to L.A. And like I forgot the guy's name that wears the, the crazy coat who does the announcing. Oh, uh, I, don't for, know. I forget his name. He's but he's 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 one of the staples. Is it Rod Roddy? Yes, 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 yeah, Rod Roddy. Oh, Rod so Roddy. you walk in and you see him. Yeah, you see Rod Roddy. You see him and he's like in like this flashy yeah. jacket. And you're like, oh my god, this motherfucker might call me. <laughs> <laughs> so then you file in and you sit down and you're like, oh my god, there's contestants row. All I'll tell you is by the time that thing packed up, I was so fucking excited and hyped. <laughs> That if they would have called my name, I would have punched my buddy in the face. And I told him, I was like, and he was like, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face if they call me too. I'm like, it's okay. I'll bleed. I will punch you in the fucking face. And here's the thing. It happens the whole show because yeah, you don't, know. you, you don't get called going. at first and you're like, okay, okay, chill out. And then all of a sudden it goes, someone goes up, they play the game and you're like, oh my God, I know that game. I know the game. Then they go and they're done. And you're like, they're about to call somebody the fuck else. <laughs> it is. It is it was 
it was like one of the best things I've ever done in LA. So I would say we need to we need to try to go. <laughs> I would love to. Love to go. Did you a, dress? You didn't. I, you didn't wear anything, Larry. You didn't wear. No, like a, you weren't. Was, you weren't wearing anything. Shirt. No. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I was. I had clothes on, okay, but good. I was like, I'm too cool for this, man. I'm just yeah. going to have a good time. But by the yeah, time it was in, I was like, the mistake. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. well, you know, online there's like primers for like how to become a contestant. Like yes. there's people make like guides on like how you're, how you should act. Yeah. The, the, the tricks. You can game it. To bit. getting them to like you. Wait, what, real quick. What's your favorite game? Plinko. Plinko. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, Plinko. Plinko. Yeah. That's always yeah. Plinko. <laughs> Plinko's good. I like the one where the little mountaineer and the goat. Yeah, the oh, ma- I like the mountaineer too. It's the Matterhorn, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. I think my problem on that show a lot of the time though is like, I don't, I don't remember grocery prices and I don't know the prices of like. Nail polish, well, yeah, and like old like clean, Epsom salt necks and stuff like that. Yeah, I buy those ones every now and then, if at all. And I never know, so I think it fell. But I'm good at the cars and stuff. <laughs> if I get the big game, I can win it. I can take it home. I just want to spin that wheel. Yeah, yeah I never like studied that yeah. thing. I got to know. Like, I yeah. think I know exactly how hard <laughs> to pull it to land on okay. a dollar exactly. So you'd go finesse over strength. Oh yeah, of course, okay. Maddie. You know me. I'm all about finesse. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's true. <laughs> That's I just know. Weird. I just know my Chipotle if at the right time. Like a bunch of people wearing like the, st- the like name tags. <laughs> this and, like, is so pick, pick me, Drew. Like this is I love so L A. To associate the show with Chipotle. Um, well, anyway, I brought it up because. I was watching the show. Oh, yeah. And so I'd had a couple beers. It was kind of late. And I was like, I am totally going to figure out when Bob Barker stopped dyeing his hair. Because we caught some show from like 1973. And this he, is good. He had brown hair. This is important work. I looked at like a show from 1980. It was bright brown hair, 1984. Mm-hmm. Bright brown hair, 1988. Gray hair. I was like, ooh, something's up here. So he had to have some sort of reveal. And so by this time, Phoebe had gone to bed. She's like, Rich, this is so boring. <laughs> I got to do this. <laughs> but I found out, yeah. So it was, I, I don't remember exactly. It was either between 86 and 87 or 87 and 88 that he... Went, he went all gray and he just, he fessed up. It was, it was a classic. Like, I just like the idea of Phoebe waking up the next morning and coming out in the living room and you're just like, I think I found it. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm close. I did shake his hand. Oh, you did. that's awesome. Yeah. Cause he walks in when you're coming in, he's walking in, he's walking. I was like, oh. you're just so hype. I was like, I'm going to get naked. If they call me, I'm going to strip down butt ass naked, run up you're to a, contestants row. You're a liability. Uh-huh. You're naked. I was going to say, if you, told, if you told them that on the in- entrance interview, that might be why they didn't. <laughs> If you. y'all pick me, I'm gonna punch my friend in the face on TV. I'm gonna run and I'm punching him in the face. <laughs> They're like, all right, we got it. It's gonna be good TV. <laughs> They're gonna hide that's Bob. Why, that's why they didn't pick yeah, me. Didn't. <laughs> well, hey everyone, thank you for listening to Liquid Bread. I'm Maddie Smith. With me, as always, are my buddy Larry Bates. What it do? And my other buddy, Commander of Cold IPA, <laughs> oh, that's Rich Higgins. Me. That's me. You know me. Again, I got to remember to write these beforehand <laughs> so they're better. I had nothing. I just see cold. I'm looking at a cold IPA in my hand. Today, we're talking about something. And this subject, I actually, I didn't tell you guys this, but I have a, I have a sneaky reason for doing this. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm nooming. I'm on Noom. If ah, you guys have congrats. heard of Noom. Oh, yeah. This podcast is not sponsored by Noom, but... If you know, it could be. It could be. <laughs> um, but I'm a Nooming, which is like a calorie counting sort of thing where you track your calories, but you still get to have beer if you balance it correctly build it and stuff the, like that. Build it and so I'm budget. doing that. But I thought, why? No better time. No better time. No better time to talk about light beer. Because beer is very bad for you. <laughs> oh, here we go. There has I mean, been a lot of articles recently saying how bad it is. is it's not good for you. <laughs> sorry, sorry Rich. It's No, you... Don't you dare. What did he say was bad, too? I didn't it, hear. I said it tastes, tastes bad, bad too. too, and that's oh, no, insincere. Don't we don't that. do insincerity on this podcast. How bad is beer for us, Rich? How, how, how much is this, is this hobby of ours 
how many years are we shaving off? We are shaving off <laughs> negative five years. We're actually extending our lives oh, by five years with this stuff. I don't know. Beer is, it's not full of really anything that is particularly helpful. Um, if mm. you have unfiltered beer, then you're drinking some yeast, and yeast does have some some nutrients in it, so that's good. Beyond that, I mean, I'm not going to weigh in on the whole, like, oh, alcohol in moderation is is good for you. You know, I think that's really up to genetics and a lot of other factors that kind of muddy the waters on that but it's fun so there's a there's a sort of a i don't know personality benefit <laughs> that's probably not accurate <laughs> people like I mean, you more i get you i get funnier i get better looking <laughs> i mean yeah. i'm amazing when i drink Wait, who, who says you get better looking who says that <laughs> so uh yeah i mean well beer has water it has alcohol mm. it has uh some sugar Mm. But it doesn't, doesn't have, have a so lot it doesn't have like that. the nutritious like bread no. has a nutrition element. Yeah, well, I mean the nutrition in bread, the idea of bread being healthy versus unhealthy is based on like people say, "Oh, well I'm counting carbs and so I can't have bread, I can't eat carbs." Mm. Well, carbs are a really important, you know, aspect of energy that you eat. You know, it's one of the three, you know, types of energy or three types of um things that we eat. We eat fats, uh proteins and carbohydrates. So uh, beyond that, simple sugars are not real good if you eat too many of them. They're just really good, cheap energy, and your body doesn't have to work hard to use that energy. But if you give your body too much of it, then your body stores it as uh, glycogen, I think, in inside fat cells, mm-hmm. or at least it, it contributes to fat. So that's not good. Bread has fiber sometimes. If you have, you know, if you have whole wheat bread, and beer doesn't really have that that to it, so you're not getting any dietary fiber out of beer. I think a lot of people think that beer is more caloric than wine and and spirits, and that can be the case, but not always. So a lot of people assume that table wine is all completely fermented. It's dry, and that's not the case. There are a lot of wines, like, you know, really fine, delicious table wines, like, um, you know, a lot of Chiantis from Italy uh, might have a little bit of sugar left in them, you know, leftover unfermented sugar from the grapes, or they might have, you know, like, you know, a lot of Napa cabs. These are just wines that are super rich. And so there's actually a little bit of sugar in there to balance some of the, the sourness and balance some of the tannins. Uh, and so wine can have a little bit of sugar. Beer is known for having more sugar in it than something like most wines and, and spirits. Uh, but that amount of sugar varies. And so, um, you know, something like a light beer is technically bone dry it has no fermentable sugar in there whatsoever um, whereas something like an ipa like a west coast ipa or a cold ipa might have you know a little bit of sugar in there specifically you know we're talking in the range of 1.5 to 2 degrees play-doh probably or maybe 1 to 2 degrees play-doh which is brewer talk for about 1 to 2 percent sugar and then something like a barley wine might have you know 6 or 10 10 percent sugar you know so there's a lot of fermented unfermented sugar left over in there in addition to the calories you're getting from the alcohol yeah. So the alcohol plus the sugar is is your caloric Im- input or intake. Okay. Yeah. So we go back to so I got this app. It's so this new map. It's telling me you know I have I have green, yellow, and red food. So the, the way it does it or whatever. Nothing's bad, but red is bad <laughs> essentially. How do you like it so far? I actually like it a lot. It's been great. I mean, I lost five pounds in two weeks, which is pretty good. Well, yeah, that's great. Um, that's a good healthy pace. Obviously, too. I think that's the good. initial kickstart. Yeah, it, it goes for healthy pace. It's about like good habits and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the reason why I'm talking about this is not again to promote Noom <laughs> unless they want it. Um, but is is more too rich, especially. And Larry, too, you drink a lot. Like you guys both drink a lot. I think yes, it's fair to say. Sure. Rich, you work with beer. You live beer. You drink a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also 
it seems like you balance it well and you're not like a massively fat man and you haven't died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Where do you cut the calories? How do you like make up for the mm-hmm. extra beer you're going to be drinking it's, when you're on a trip or it's hard, honestly. Uh, you know, it's just it's the same rules that everyone should be living by. You should be exercising. You should be eating a, a you know broad diet of a lot of different stuff. You know, a lot of different vegetables, a lot of different fruits. Um, you know, eat some meat if you want, but don't eat too much of it. So moderation. The thing that I don't do well in moderation is is alcohol consumption. You know, prim- I sure I like to get I like to feel the you know feel the boot the booze and the buzz and all that. But in general, I just love the flavor of beer so much. Love the taste. Oh, it tastes so good. <laughs> and you know and it takes me places like oh this tastes like you know being on a, a deck overlooking the alps in southern germany you know like that sort of thing I, I really obviously like that yeah it's like it's like i enjoy i enjoy the feeling you get mm-hmm. but god damn it a manhattan made like really nicely it's just it's just so fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well you're tapping into culture you're tapping into yeah. art you're tapping into history you're tapping so- into- yeah mm-hmm. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. But are you? But are you? Are you then? But then are you not earning a dessert, and you're making a beer your dessert? I don't. I guess it's more to. Are you consciously making this effort? It depends. It depends. You know, it depends on how young I am, which yeah. seems to and obviously be, we're all that, that's not going very well these days. <laughs> yeah. all... So I'm, you know, my metabolism's going down. I'm gaining weight for sure. I'm not happy about it. But I've lost a few pounds in the past couple of weeks because I just I got on the scale a month ago. I was like, this, I can't keep mm. doing this. I got to turn it around. So that meant, you know, slowing down a little bit on some beer. You know, slowing down a little bit on some junk food and trying to exercise more. Um, just all that stuff. It sucks. You know, moderation's a pain in the ass. But yeah. if you don't, you're going to burn yourself out. And you're either going to, you know, have, I mean, whatever. We all know all the things that could go wrong. So I just don't want any of these to, those to happen. So I try to take it easy. But I'm definitely fatter than I want to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will yeah. admit that. So Larry, also you. And I know you drink, like you said, you drink Manhattans. And you drink at home. I know you drink, you like whiskey a lot. We've, I, like, I love whiskey. We've toured a distillery together. I know you, mm-hmm. and I saw how I much I saw how much rum you bought, and I know how fast that rum went. I mean, relatively fast. <laughs> but not, I mean, you know. Are you paying attention to those calories and eating a less little. when you're drinking? I mean, or? Yes, yes. I mean, it depends. And I, I will say, I <laughs> I agree with Rich too. Like, there's there's times. I mean, like I'm I'm older. I think I'm the oldest one here, and your metabolism definitely slows down. But what is hilarious is, and Rich probably doesn't even know this, but Uh-oh. we were at a wedding together. Um, you and me? Yeah. Okay. Um, my wife's cousin was getting married. And I got home, and the pictures started coming out. And I saw a picture of me, and I was like, <laughs> oh, God, no. This can't, no. I was like, no, 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 no. Sometimes I get like a mentality of like, okay, it's time. And I can be like, you're not drinking. But what I'll do is I'll go and I'll buy the beers or the, the booze that I like. And I'll put them in the fridge and be like, this is going to be it's your motivation. the reward when I get to the weight that I want to get to. And I can just focus up. You know, if I'm, if I, here's the thing. If I watch my calories, if I, if I watch this, the size of the dishes that I'm eating, you know what I mean? And I'm um, working out like one cardio because I, I do work out like twice a day generally. You know, wow. But, but hey, what I, do you do? What do you do twice a day? Yeah, I try to. Well, let me just say He's this. an actor. He's going to. Well, let me just say this. When I am about it, and I'm not always about it, but when I'm about it, I'll get up and I'll do like a 30 minute cardio or go for like an hour walk. And then I'll do like weight training for like 30 to 45 minutes in the evening or vice versa. Good for you. So when I'm really doing mm-hmm. that, I'm good. I'm I'm good to go, and I just need to watch 
I just watch my portions, like not to go too yeah. big on the portions. And I'm not the biggest. I mean, I like dessert, but I'm not the biggest dessert guy. So it's easy for me to turn down dessert and be like, uh, I'm going to I'm going to have a drink yeah. instead. But, drink, but let me just say this. Dessert, yeah. But let me just say this. So I say that to, I say that to say as I've gotten older, like recently, because like right now I'm at a point where I'm like, I need to get it to fuck together. And uh, <laughs> and I was doing so good. I'd lost like. I lost about like six or seven pounds, but then I just went home to Louisiana. So that all that six or seven yeah, pounds sure. is gone. But here's the thing. I'm at the point now, and this is terrible. Like I'm, I just turned 45. I'm not – I like to drink. I'm not giving up. Yeah, well, that's my – that's No, yeah. so it's like to me, it's just like <laughs> here's what I got to do. I'm watching my portions, and I'm working out. That's what I'm going to fucking do. And when I want to have a beer, I'm going to have a beer. And when I want to have a cocktail, I'm going to have a fucking cocktail. Like, I mean, listen, here's the thing, though. I am aware – of like uh, moderate, like there's points where I'm like, okay, that's enough. Stop, chill. You you know, but you yeah. know, like, I don't know, man. I just tell you yeah. this. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Yeah. Well, that was my thing because I have I have a buddy, this buddy Jack, who's lost a ton of weight lately. He's lost like 80 pounds, I think, since Whoa, like October. Nice. Well, he did keto. He did a keto diet. Yeah. And I've tried that in the past, and I just ended up rebounding. Like I lost like 20 pounds super fast. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed you do, and then yeah. and then I just rebound like a crazy person, and I just have bad habits instilled in me. Um, and I just was like, oh, I need like a way to like keep drinking beer. The, almost like the mindset of like, oh, and then, like oh, I don't need to eat candy anymore. Like yeah. I'm a grown man now, and I should stop eating candy. <laughs> I probably there will be candy in my future, but I yeah. will try to live with that. But I was like, oh, I think putting the mindset of like, oh, I want to be able to still drink beer though. I can't like totally cut that sort of thing out of my life because I also am a you know when I'm a I hate the word I'm a foodie and I want to keep doing that. So let me ask you guys then. Let's say you're at a meal. You're having. You're at a spectacular meal. Is one of your friends or, or whoever coming? Do I have to know Jack? The, the beer no, pairing? No, he's not coming. He's no, not, not Jack, invited. but I mean like your what? imaginary. Sorry, your real friends. Oh, no, no. This is one of my hypotheticals. No, no. It's one of my well, It could become one. So you're at my friend um, uh, my friend Tom Calicchio's house. And Tom, <laughs> Tom. Is making, Tom is making a fantastic meal. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful meal. You're having a great meal. Yeah. Um, it's, let's say it's a 14-course it's a meal. Um, none of the food is particularly big, but it's getting late in the evening. You're at course 10 or so. It's like a fish thing. And, uh, and like you, at that point you've had like kind of a lot of beer. Are you consciously going to be like, I've had too much beer. I shouldn't grab another beer. Or are you going to say I'm having this meal with Tom Colicchio? <laughs> what, what people at home are missing is Larry is just shaking his head. He's looking absolutely incredulous. <laughs> like, I don't know what your well, beef, what's your beef with this? Well, my problem. My you don't problem, like Tom Colicchio? No, my problem is the setup. If why at, why if would I'm, you have fish in course 10? I don't no. know. You encourage the hypothetical. <laughs> but, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if I'm. If I'm at Tom Colicchio, duck is, a, a duck 14, is eleven, Larry. And I'm having a fourteen course um, meal. I am eating and drinking. All right, it's a bad set. Everything. All right, it's bad. It's lost in the hypothetical. He didn't say it was that Tom Colicchio. He just said his friend Tom Colicchio. Yeah, yeah, that's the same guy. It's a different. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm drinking and eating everything because it's the experience. All right. You know all right. I mean? Well, then this is a terrible waste of time. I'm sending dishes back to Tom I'm just saying, all the time. Saying, this is say, too much. I'll, just say, I'll say kind of like basically for pleasure, like if you're in like the middle of a good meal or experience, like are you ever going to tell yourself, no, I've had too much. I shouldn't have another beer. This has been a lot of beer. Yes. I'll grab another one. Is yes. there no I mean, limit to the beers I'll order? Yes. I mean, he- here's my problem. And this is my problem. With I- a hypothetical or with? Well, just in general, Dang. like here's 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 why I have a hard time. <laughs> here's I have a hard time with it, whether it's Tom Colicchio or not. Okay. It's like right now, I'm hanging with you guys. Like I'm hanging with you guys. Yeah. Like I'm not thinking. Like let's. I mean, obviously, let's get home safe and like not, not do anything stupid. So you definitely keep your wits about you. But like to me, this is the time to like 
enjoy. To do it, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but I do, I do, I am conscious of, okay, I think that's enough. Okay. Maybe switch to something else. I was I was about to chime in and be hilarious there and just yell at Maddie for saying, yeah, Maddie, thanks for trying to ruin this. But actually, that's that's... A, that's defeatist. I mean, let's be honest. We do need to be careful about this stuff. And if you're going to make some, you know, exception to, you know, drinking a ton because you're driving, you're like, no, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to drink and drive. Absolutely. That's fine. And that same uh, mindset can be applied to any reason to not drink and any good reason. Like I just, I would like to drink six beers today, but you know what? It's not that good for me. So maybe I'm just going to drink four or three and really enjoy them, you know? So I, I was going to bully you a little bit, but I really shouldn't because we're trying to be more mature about you it. You really shouldn't healthier. bully me. Anymore. Well, I will tell you. That's actually another thing I wanted. I'm making lifestyle changes, and one is new, and two is you guys not bullying me One is anti-bully. So much. Well, Rich, I will tell you, I, do, I, do, I do have limit. Like, I, you know, like the, the rule I usually go is, not that it always goes so wonderful, <laughs> wonderfully, is, you know, you drink the first, sip the second, mm-hmm. skip the third. Yeah. But sometimes I just go ahead and drink the third one, too. <laughs> but I'm saying... I I will say this. I am aware when I am drinking, what I'm drinking, how much I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. So there are and there are also times where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to drink right now. Like I, I mean, like obviously driving. What about that time at like that? Thanksgiving at, at my house in Montana, and we went into. This, I mean, we we tried a bunch of different types of sweet vermouth to see what was the perfect pairing with our Manhattans. That's fun. Yeah, that's see, a fun see, tasting. That's, see, that's were not you even, completely see, that's, aware of well, what you were drinking? No, because that's not even fair. Because I'm in Montana. I'm at Rich's. It's high altitude you You didn't know where you were you wake up you wake up in montana with ridge and it's like (laughs) what are we eating and what are we drinking yeah the whole day and i love it (laughs) it is fun (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to light beer then light beer the most popular of beers it is the most high the high selling sells sells like gangbusters it's everywhere you get a bud light you know who gets a budweiser anymore Mm-hmm. Can, I, a, can I, I call s- it Bud Heavy? <laughs> the name yeah. Can I say something that kind of goes kind of goes with what you're saying, but with also when I Rich, am, you can say anything. You yeah, got a mic in front of you. I know when I am focusing. Larry, uh, did I call you Rich? You, you might sure call did. me Rich. Yeah, you it's... called him the Commander of Cold IPAs. <laughs> the Commander of Cold. That's a but I will tell you, sometimes what I will do when I'm like, there are times I'm like, okay, you need to chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But I do like the taste of beer, like Rich was saying. So, and I know this may be horrible. Rich may hate this. But like periodically, I'll go. You know what? Let me get some non-alcoholic beer. Hold on, let me just finish. That way, if I get the craving, I'll taste it, and my mind will be like, "All right, cool." But I'll be good to go. But a lot of non-alcoholic beer is terrible, except for mm-hmm. like Bitburger. Man, Bitburger makes a non-alcoholic beer that tastes like a freaking German pilsner. It is. Wow. It is. So delicious, Rich. Do you what agree? Was that look you gave me because I didn't know if I should have said Czech Pilsner, but oh, that's why <laughs> I got you nervous about it. No, it's a German Pilsner. Well, yeah. I haven't had the NA version, but the, it's so. I mean, mm-hmm. it tastes like beer. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say before we go to light beer. Sorry, that's great. I just, I just burped off off microphone right when Larry stared at me. And I was like, oh, it was that Looked bad. Into his eyes and burp. And I was like, oh, that's an alpha move. Did I say the wrong? That's an alpha move. Yeah. So light beer, light beer really is the are the main beers to me. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, especially like in college when I wasn't, I didn't care about how many calories I was drinking with beer. But still, we would get like Natty Light, or we would get mm-hmm. Bud Light, or we would get Coors Light, and those were just like the primary <laughs> beers. Ugh, natty Light. Oh God. <laughs> we get so much Natty picture. Light. Oh, we get a Jesus. keg on that. That was the beer pong. I know. We're throwing it's, dirty. It's taking me back ping to pong balls into oh, it. So. Did you call it Nasty Light? That's what we used to, to throw call. up. No, I, did. I mean, then we had we had no we didn't have a fine palate. We just 
<laughs> you didn't know it was it nasty. It was what beer was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and it literally had like fuzz. You know, the ping pong ball goes on the floor. It gets the carpet oh, fuzz God. on Oh, it. God. I got to throw it. You toss it in the cup. <laughs> you got to floss out the or carpet fuzz later. You're having fun. You're in college. <laughs> in a brown bag. And by the time it gets to the bottom, it's so warm and hot. And <laughs> well, that's your squid. fault for drinking it too slowly. <laughs> you know you don't want that warm. I feel like part of the reason why we got Natty Light or Natural Light is because it's fun to say Natty Light. You know, it sounds like your buddy. You know? <laughs> what the hell are you talking we're getting, about? We're getting some Natty Light. <laughs> natty Light. Natty. Hey, yeah, my don't drink, natty also, don't drink but, my buddy. Yeah, Natty Light's my buddy. In. Don't drink him. I'm Hilarious. having a night with Natty. <laughs> with Natty Light. It's Natty and Tom Colicchio. Uh, why did light beer really take over? Is it truly just the health thing? Is it like an... Especially, I mean, I, I think this is very American, too. Mm-hmm. It should yeah. be said. Mm-hmm. They're not drinking Dunkel Light in, <laughs> in Munich. Was Is it mainly the health side of it? Is that like the primary appeal yeah. to people? Like, mm-hmm. is that just the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was first developed in uh, either the really late 60s or early 70s by some company that starts with a G. Some brewery, it's like Garibaldi's or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it, the name is, but... It was released as diet beer, and Ooh. it didn't sell well, and it was from a pretty small brewery. You know, back in the day, we're, you know, we're talking like, say, 1970, 1971 in the U.S., there weren't a lot of small breweries, but, you know, it was basically, you know, by 1980, there were only like five, or sorry, 50 breweries open in the United States. Mm. So, you know, maybe 10 years prior, there were 200 or something, you know, but there was a big demise. And so when I say this was a small brewery, I don't really mean like super small the way we talk about like nano breweries now and things like that. Right. But it was not a powerful brewery. Um, it was based in the Northeast somewhere. And they tried to sell this thing as diet beer and it didn't sell real well. And uh, Miller is the brewery that kind of this stuff caught Miller's eye. And so Miller, I think, bought the brand or bought the brewery maybe and closed down the brewery, closed down the brand. Um, but then re recast it as Miller Lite, and it really obviously <laughs> has taken off. Was Miller Lite the first light beer, technically? Well, I mean, no. The first one was this Garibaldi. Gar- yeah, not Garibaldi. Garibaldi Lite. Yeah, 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 yeah. G. Got it. The diet beer. Yeah. Hey, guys. Just interjecting to say that the name that Rich was trying to think of was Gablinger's. Gablinger's Diet Beer. Garibaldi's is actually the second name that's popping in mind. The first name that's popping in mind is Grimace. Grimace. <laughs> we'll go with Grimace it was, Light. It was purple. <laughs> so Miller, Miller Light is the oldest one, you know, that's still around. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bud Light definitely was late to the game by ten years or something. And so they, you know, spent a long time going head to head with uh, Miller Light. Coors Light didn't have a national footprint for distribution until kind of late in the game too. Maybe twenty years ago or, or so is when they started being able to sell really all over the country. Maybe. 25 years ago. So the as far as like national coverage, it was or national distribution footprint, it was Miller versus Bud. Bud was late to the game. Miller owned and just dominated that scene and so Anheuser-Busch, the big guys have done a lot of stuff um, over the years where just because you see a beer from them that is similar to another beer doesn't mean that it's a good idea and they're trying to make a lot of money on that beer. That can be the case, and that was the case with Light. So Bud Light wanted to take on Miller Light and be dominant in that market. But a lot of the time, they'll just brew another beer just really cheaply. It's a loss leader. They don't care how much of it sells. They're just trying to not allow the other guy to make a lot of money with that. And so that's really the the tale of of malt liquor. And so certain breweries were producing malt liquors. And so like I, I think at this point, Budweiser and Miller and maybe Paps is the owner of some of the other brands of malt liquor. They all lose money on malt liquor. Because they sell it for so cheap, and they're just trying to undercut their competition. But now malt liquor, is it what, what, what classifies it as malt liquor? Sorry to... Well, whatever. It's a tangent, but that's fine. It's uh, Malt <laughs> liquor is just 
known in the marketplace for having more alcohol and being pale in color than, you know, more alcohol than, than standard, you know, what, what's called premium lager. So like Budweiser is a premium lager. Mm. And a lot of people think it's really high alcohol, but it's not. It's usually like six or 6.2% alcohol. Hilarious. So like OE, you know, Old English 800, yeah. uh, Colt 45, St. Ides, all these things are not super alcoholic. The more alcohol you put in there, the more expensive it is to make. And so if you just differentiate your product from the big premium lagers by having it be another point or two more alcoholic, then clearly people will buy it and they they keep the price so cheap on these things that not really making any money. They're just trying to make it so that the other guys can't make a lot of money with it. So it's just competition. And then light beer could have been that same sort of thing. But Budweiser or, you know, Anheuser-Busch was like, wow, Miller's really making a lot of money with this light beer and it's not going away. So let's, let's introduce Bud Light and, uh, and see where it goes. And at, I don't know when they surpassed Miller Light in sales and Coors Light is a huge dominant player too. They're not just like the, the Ross Perot stealing a few votes here and there. Tastes great, less filling. <laughs> well, that's, that's Miller Light, obviously. And so they put a ton of money into, you know, national ad yeah. campaigns and Bud did too. Um, but yeah, at this point, Bud Light is the number one selling brand of beer in the United States. Wow. So yeah, it it yeah. surpassed Miller Lite a while ago. Wow, yeah. yeah. A I lot feel like there's there's there. few products, maybe soda, but other than beer, there's few products that are more wrapped up in like American consumerism and corporate competition. Ooh, and this is a hard hard <laughs> argument to to defend. I what would you what would you what, would what you about think? French fries cars you know, McDonald's uh, no French fries yeah, no beers Chevy we have light we have, no, no what about no. Nike and Reebok and. I don't know. I'm just no, going back to. I think beers are more wrapped up in the commercials of 1980s ad campaigns here. But like, I just remember, yeah, like Nike versus Reebok being a big thing. Um, or what about like? I think there's yeah, big Reebok, ones. I think there's plenty of other big it. ones. I just think. Beer, yeah, Reebok I just think. I just think beer. Nintendo versus. Sega. I just think often like beer. Often the product is almost like totally wrapped up and inseparable from yeah. it to like I mean, such like a huge Super extent. Bowl like obviously campaigns. there's other corporate. Yeah, there's other plenty. I mean we do it well. We do that. So, you know, <laughs> America's crushing it when it comes to the big companies. <laughs> fighting each other or advertising room and stuff but i feel like beer it just i, mean, I think like there so. was a point where mcdonald's versus burger king was like a big big kind of thing but i i kind of agree like well we're not i'm not talking about necessarily competition I'm music i'm not trying to get to like an objective but just just like yeah. the, the such no, saying the beer right. is like the most dominant like or the most american like product is that what i that's what i got from you no 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 i think the american beer market is like kind of an industry that is like the one product in america that's like more wrapped up in advertising and and could be corporate competition yeah 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 i mean trying to think i think it's just hard for me to separate like budweiser from toads and bud light and coors light from tap in the rockies and twins and like miller light from great taste less filling there's an answer to this and i don't (laughs) <laughs> no, if the three of us know this answer. It's some, someone out there is like a real... Well, there's like a true academic. Yeah, academic about knows? marketing and... Who studied and kept going. Sales and economy. Post-grad, and yeah. yeah. Well, tweet at us and let us know what you think is the most American consumer... And why is Rich products? You know, drawing a line in the sand about this? He doesn't <laughs> we, like it. I think know. you're insulted. I think you think beer's on the ta- being attacked. <laughs> I don't want anyone to... I don't want to I mean, ever... Coke and Pepsi a little, maybe? Yeah. I also think soda, maybe. Yeah, is soda. The one thing Coke I was saying. Pepsi. Soda is very much... Coke and Pepsi. Yeah. I don't want to get too big in my britches about about beer. Music. Beer's important. There are other things that are important too. Oh sure, like beer. Mm. That's a great point. (laughs) Um, So so we got light beer. The Great American Beer Festival has light beer as a category. Yes, like it shows uh, it's in some way by festival you mean the the judged portion. Yes. Yeah. So it it is in some ways acknowledged as a I don't know a style or a category of beer. Mm -hmm. What is a light beer? 
Well, keep in mind that the Great American Beer Festival is run by the Brewers Association. So they're mm-hmm. a trade organization that represents professional breweries that are their members. And so I think that just because they come up with certain styles doesn't mean that they're necessarily like truly different from each other. Yeah. Like, you know, plants and animals get like recategorized in taxonomy sure. all the time. It's like, oh, this flower is actually related to this flower, not that flower. Yeah. I just mean so, like to you though, mm-hmm. what do you think it is meant when we're talking about like a light? Sure. And I'm refusing to answer this for a second because I have <laughs> an amazing point to make here. And that's like, I think that a lot of consumer stuff is what helps drive the the success of the of GABF. And some of that is like people would lose their minds if Bud Light beat out Pabst uh-huh. because those are the, currently those are two different categories. Pabst goes up against Budweiser and Miller and Coors Banquet, you know, but Coors Light, Bud Light and Miller Light go up against each other. And so, I, you know, I think it's just a way to get some more, you know, more medals out there for, for people that are sensitive to like lumping okay. all those in the same category. But boohoo, moving on. Um, so light beer is, I think it's basically just considered and described as beer that has uh, very little uh, flavor, very little um, character from any of its ingredients. So you don't really taste a lot of malt. You don't taste a lot of hops. You don't taste a lot of fermentation or yeast or anything like that. It's highly carbonated uh, to help add some body back into the beer because essentially it's very, very light in body. Um, it has hardly any uh, residual sugar. Um Dextrins are complex carbohydrates that add a little bit of depth and body to beer. So those are all gone. It's low in alcohol. Uh, what else? It's low in bitterness. It's low in, you know, low in all that stuff. It's just low in everything. And so it's incredibly easy to drink, except for the fact that it's got a lot of CO2 in it. So that CO2, as I mentioned, adds a little bit more yep. body, um, but it makes it very effervescent. So, I mean, it's like I don't get the popularity of sparkling water. People love sparkling water. I would much rather drink still water and, frankly, just chug it. You don't it. like a LaCroix? I like, yeah, I, no, like no. A, I like a sparkling water. Yeah, sometimes, like sometimes, sometimes I just want it to burn my mouth. You like the burn. You like the <laughs> bubbles. You like yeah. the burps and all that. And it just feels like some sort of experience rather than just, mm-hmm. like, drinking water. It's also, going back to what you're saying, like, if, if I'm taking a break from drinking, I get a ton of sparkling water. Sparkling water right. and lime. And I'm like, oh, Scratches I want to have itch. something. It makes me feel like, ooh, I'm having mm-hmm. a, Yeah, a it's an occasion. Yeah. It's not just, you know, open yeah. up the tap and drinking out of the tap. So I think that's that's an asset mm-hmm. of light beer that a lot of people forget or don't think about. You know, the carbonation is a big part of that beer, not only for identifying it as something interesting and something other than water, but it does add a sensation of body and a sensation of extra crispness crispness not the holiday not christmas uh to the beer and so that carbonation plays a huge role <laughs> that people don't think about i have seen i've witnessed not from you two but i've witnessed no, there is a condescension towards light beer mm-hmm. saying this tastes worse it has less flavor it doesn't have the mm-hmm. full flavor I, of mm-hmm. a beer i can be a little negative and i mean I, that's <laughs> what i'm asking you I'm, i and i don't think it's a it's a bad opinion to have would you say basically to light beer drinker like why aren't you just drinking a good full beer and less of it um, here's my only, uh, yeah, yeah. Part of me wants to say, I just thinking of drinking like a, uh, but my wife loves Corona light and mm-hmm. Corona light is actually fucking kind of good and refreshing. Okay. Like, you know, periodically when I'm out of my, when I've run through my stash and I'm like, I'm having one of your Corona lights. <laughs> it's not a bad beer. So, I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't judge people for what they drink. You know, if you if you drink whatever you want to drink or not drink, I don't care. But you can recommend something to them. I just know, but Bud Light just, I just, those things don't, I'll say, you know, it's one thing when you're in college and you're just drinking to drink because like we're going out and you want to, but like, you know, once, I feel like once my palate is kind of matured and I know kind of what I like and what I want to taste, 
they don't do any. They, it just doesn't do anything for me. It's just I much rather go get sparkling water. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But even that, like, like even this whole salt, hard seltzer stuff, like I don't, I don't. Me personally, I don't get it. But I understand those who I don't. I don't judge anybody for drinking what they 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 drink. I just I want to taste. I just want to taste like some craftsmanship. Like, and let me let me be careful because I know there's craftsmanship that goes into those things. I just want to taste something that is. What am I trying to say, Rich? You want some character. Yes. <laughs> and I do too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think when you distill down a beer drinking experience, you know, I think what you get are the, a reason for drinking beer and enjoying beer is the character and the flavor and, and what it can, yeah, what it tastes like and, you know, the, the culture behind it and the character behind it. But um, also there's the fact that it's just, you're drinking something and maybe you want some some bubbles, you want some connection to your friends that you're drinking it with. You know, it can be an experience that really has nothing to do with the flavor of the beer. And I think that's completely legitimate. You know, it's it's a cultural experience. We enjoy food and beverage together as as part of society. I don't begrudge anyone for enjoying Natty Light or White Claw Seltzer or whatever they want to drink for the cultural, the bonding, the connection and all that stuff. But when you get into the character and the flavor of it, I don't believe that there is a lot of flavor. And I think that, you know, I've had plenty of, you know, drunken arguments with people in bars where they're like, oh, you know, Coors Light has way more flavor and it's way more interesting than than Bud Light. And it's like, well, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. And if it gives you satisfaction and you enjoy your, your beer, what your beverage of choice that much more because of it, then great. But I am trained in having, you know, an objective of, I was going to say objective opinion. You can't really have that. An objective uh, set of observations about these things. And so, you know, literally these beers, light beers don't have as much flavor. Yeah. Uh, and so I personally want some character in my beer and what I drink. And so if I'm, if God, you know, damn it, if I'm going to drink four beers tonight and I really want to reduce some calories, maybe I'll drink three full flavored ones and finish up with that that fourth that doesn't have a lot of flavor. But that's a weird equation for me anyway yeah. i don't think i would yeah. i would really go into it that way but the, this makes room like this argument i think shows that there's room for full flavored light beers that are that aren't really out in the marketplace because it's hard to brew light beers well and have them still have a lot of flavor and i think that there are a lot of really talented breweries that are known for having a lot of flavor in their beer that are trying to do light beers and they're coming at it from the aspect of like, how do we maintain as much yeah, character? How do we replicate? Yeah, like how do we not lose what we like the most uh, while just dumping some of the calories and dumping some of the alcohol? You know, and so that's a challenge. And I think other breweries, the big breweries, come at it from the opposite angle. They're like, all right, well, how do we sell this stuff and how do we get as much profit from what's actually in the can? You know, profit uh, margin and all that. But also, how do we win by? Uh, having you know economies of scale and being able to beat out our competition, yeah. all that stuff, and so they're the ones that start off with like consumerism, <laughs> with start off with like the simplest product, and then slowly add in just a little bit more flavor, a little bit more uh-huh. character where they need to. You, you know something else? I, I, as 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 we're talking, that I'm thinking that happens a lot. Like I'll if you're at a bar with someone or a brewery, and a lot of times they'll go like they'll they'll go to the bar and go, hey. Uh, yeah, can can you give me something light? But they don't really mean light beer. Like they, yeah, like they think, yeah. like like for some reason they think a pilsner, like or, you know, yeah, they want something like crisper, refreshing. Yeah. That that equals light, mm-hmm. and like oh, that's that's lighter for me. And I, I mean, I guess I get what they're yeah. saying because I mean, compared to like, yeah, well, honestly, because I probably would like a stout, like especially like a dessert stout, but like an imperial stout, I'd be like, oh, that's heavy. Yeah, 
the other direction is light, and a pilsner is a very far in the other direction from from and that. I mean, maybe they mean color, but right? I don't think they mean color. They've been educated to think that color, imp- lack of color, implies yeah. um, you know ease of drinking. Yeah. But when you're talking about light, you know there are a couple. Well, that's like with Sprite that happens. I mean, like if that what I've it known people that like would drink Coke Sprite. They think is lighter. They think it's like lighter it's than less, Coke. Like yeah, like Coke is like a, yeah, a dark yeah, soda. Yeah, I've yeah. seen yeah. that before. Well, you know, light means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and they conflate it with crisp and refreshing. All these things. There's a lot of crossover in the Venn diagram, but they are different aspects to beer. And I think that something that's useful when I talk to people, you know, I talk to people of all sorts of motivations and backgrounds and opinions about beer. So not everyone comes at it from the same angle, but I always, when they say, give me a light beer, I always end up thinking like, all right, are they interested in light in body? Something that's not heavy, Mm -hmm. that's going to fill them up. And, or are they interested in low impact flavor wise? And, you know, does the beer, do they want something that's easy to drink, but is also not taxing to the palate? Like it doesn't have a lot of flavor and bitterness and stuff that's going to be interesting. doesn't have intrigue. Is that the life that they're talking about? Or do they want something like a full flavored, you know, pastry stout that happens to be 4% alcohol? And it's. Yeah. See, I think, I think, I think most of the people that, that I'm talking about, if you gave them a pastry stout that was 4% alcohol, they would be like, what the hell is this? What yeah. is this? No, I want something lighter. I think they, I don't think when they say it, they mean the color, like you mm-hmm. know, the, the color of like a Pilsner or a lager, but they think that that's the equivalent of drinking like a, a Bud Light or a Miller Light mm-hmm. or something like that. Like yeah, that. well, they've been educated primarily by advertising mm-hmm. by the big guys that clarity, uh, light color, Rocky Mountain water, all these things that, you know, the, the crossover is or the, the combination of all this is pure light in body, light in color, um, not bitter, not highly alcoholic, not taxing, not intense. They want something that essentially is very low intensity, but still reminds them of beer or you know drinking beers with with buddies or something like that you know it's the that sort of cultural aspect that is a stand-in for beer that actually has culture in it yeah right there's different ways to approach making a light beer then because it's just based on calorie it's not like it's a yeah it's not specific style so like how what are the typical ways that a brewery would make a a light beer there's every now and then in a local brewery you'll see they'll have a light Mm -hmm. beer or light version of their lager or whatever right so how would they do that so before you answer i don't know mm -hmm. if you i don't this is a this is a a great piece when when i first met you this is very interesting when i first met you i (laughs) asked you and i don't know if you maybe you were tired of talking about beer with me (laughs) but when i was this guy when i first met you i was um i was like i asked you about light beer and you were like I don't. I don't have a clue. I don't know. <laughs> you were just like I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe at the time you didn't. Yeah. But you were like, yeah. I just. I have no. I mean, you were so excited about talking about other beer mm. when I brought up light beer. You were like, yeah. I have no clue. How they, I have no clue how they do that. <laughs> so, Larry, if you want, if you take the word and you add, some, <laughs> well, it might have been from a home brewing angle, and I was like, you know, I don't know how to help you home brew a light beer. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of tricks and and things that the big guys do that I, I actually, you know. When did I meet you? Twelve years ago or something like that? You know, I didn't maybe like fourteen years ago. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really know a lot about it back then. I know more now just because, you know, I've just continued to educate myself and I've you know, I've worked in, in more scenes that make it important for me to know that. But back in the day, you know, I was just a yeah. brew pub brewer, craft brewer. I, was I, I believed brew, you. I believed you. you I was trying truth. to brew three hundred year old recipes, <laughs> not uh not twenty year old recipes. Um anyway, so so another thing, Larry, like you love uh Schwartz beers. Okay, and something that's really easy about drinking those is the fact that they're low in alcohol, light in body, 
uh, very sessionable. Yeah, they're sessionable. They're honestly they're high in water. Usually, you know, so the the big three things that are in a beer um, that add to you know kind of the, the body of the beer is things like water, things like alcohol, and and residual sugar. And so, if you have low residual sugar and low alcohol, you probably have a lot of water. And so, it sounds insulting to call a beer watery, but that's something that helps make something like Schwartz beer really refreshing. So, the only thing about Schwartz beer that is odd or different for people that are anticipating a light beer, they, they expect that it's going to be pale in color. But you can get some flavor from that darker malt yeah. um, and still keep the beer light and dry and easy drinking. So, I think that's a, a fun style of beer that more people should be trying and more breweries should be brewing. Um, so with that caveat that you can add a lot of different colors of malt and a lot of different flavors and still keep your beer light and body, let's ignore that and just focus on what the big guys are doing with light beer. Yeah. Most beers are malt, hops, water, and yeast. All right. And so malt is what drives usually the color of the beer as well as the fermentability. So how much sugar goes in there that ends up being consumed by the yeast and turned into alcohol. Hops are there just for flavor and just for balance, okay? And bitterness is the primary flavor that you're going to get off of hops. And that bitterness is not that much fun to drink. You know, we don't eat a lot of really bitter things. We don't drink a lot of really bitter things on their own. They need some sort of balance. And so bittersweet, obviously, is a common, you know, balance there. So sweetness and bitterness work well together. But sweetness is, in beer especially, is coming from sugars that have body and they're extra calories. And so... In a light beer, if you're going to reduce the calories and reduce the body, you don't want any sugar left in there. And so, therefore, you don't have a lot of bitterness to balance that sugar because you just don't you don't have sugar in there, so you can't have a lot of bitterness. And so, we've really reduced a lot of the flavorful ingredients and uh, impacts that are in most beers, and we've re- you know removed them from a light beer. So, what do you have in a light beer? You start off with some malt. And barley malt typically has flavor, it has body, it has things in it that make most beers flavorful and beery. Uh, And so if you cut that barley with things like rice and corn or maybe straight sugar or uh, corn sugar, sorry, corn syrup, then you end up with a beer that ferments out a little bit more dryly, meaning that there's not leftover residual sugar, there's not a lot of color from those ingredients, there's not a lot of flavor. They also are less expensive to procure than, than malted barley because... Uh, they're heavily subsidized by the farm bill every year and all that. So they're just, they're kind of artificially cheap products and they make your product less expensive to make, but they also leave less character in your beer. So because it's a beer, it has malted barley in it. And some of that malted barley, that was a weird causation there. There are, there are gluten-free beers that don't have any barley in them, but in general, beer is made with malted barley. And so if you want to reduce the amount of body and richness that that malted barley gives to your beer. Not only are you diluting that amount of barley with these other grains, but you can also add what what are called exogenous enzymes. So they're enzymes that are not native or not natural to malted barley or any of the other beer ingredients, but they're produced uh, often fungally. So like, you know, off of fungal uh, fermentations in labs and you can add these things to your beer. um, And they're the same enzymes that we have in our bodies that help us digest complex starches and all that, but you're actually just digesting them in the fermenter. Um, the main one that's used is called alpha, alpha glucose. Sorry. I usually say this pretty well. It's a, it's a mouthful though. Alpha glucosidase. So, uh, you're turning other sugars into glucose and glucose is the simplest sugar out there. It's only one molecule. Um, it's got a very few number of bonds in it. So it's easy for your body to break it down, but it's also, uh, really easy for yeast to ferment. And so if you add alpha glucosidase to your beer, then it becomes 100% fermentable 
even though malted barley typically has things in it like dextrins, these more complex mm. carbohydrates, that are not 100% fermentable. So if you add this stuff in the fermenter, it breaks it down to sugars. That makes it taste really sweet, but that's fine because you got yeast in there that's going to consume all those sugars and turn them into alcohol and carbon dioxide. So you're left with a beer that has zero sugar in there, okay? Zero residual sugar. And all of that sugar is turned into alcohol. And so these light beers are not typically highly alcoholic. And so you need to make sure that you're only adding enough fermentables into the recipe so that you get 3.5% alcohol, 4.5% alcohol, something like that. I think I think Bud Light and Miller Light are both 4.2? 4, yeah. Something like that. Don't quote me on that. But regardless, you know, we're, we're not talking about a lot of alcohol. And if you're going to induce or create this environment for yeast to create a lot of alcohol from fermentable sugars you need to make sure you're not giving them a lot of fermentable sugars in the in the first place so we're not talking about adding a lot of grains and a lot of um you know fermentables into the mix we're not talking about adding a lot of hops into the mix because again that bitterness is not going to be balanced by anything you know good luck getting a lot of flavor and a lot of color and a lot of body and character in these beers they're super super dry super low in alcohol i shouldn't say super low in alcohol but they're lower in alcohol than a lot of other beers they just don't have a lot of character. And then and then the carbon dioxide is often forced into it. Um, that sounds like a they're cheating. I, most beer that you drink has forced carbonation. So CO2 is added to the beer, even though during fermentation, CO2 is also produced. But it's expensive and difficult and you know inconsistent to to you know harvest your own CO2. So anyway, they force a lot of CO2 in there. So it's it's a more highly carbonated beer than most other beers. But the brewing process is basically the same. They're just some. They're they're just. I'm just saying. It's just, I would have thought that there was some different step that was that they weren't just depending on the yeast to you know eat up all the sugars. Well, there's there's more to it than that, but. <laughs> But if you're home brewing and doing small batches and doing single, you know, just you make one batch of wort, okay, that's the, you know, really sweet barley stuff that you end up adding your yeast to, there's a lot of variability, a lot of things that can go wrong where you don't get quite as healthy a fermentation as you want or, you know, all sorts of, there's all sorts of variables that you have to worry about when you're just doing a one-off batch. Mm-hmm. And even when you're a larger brewery, like a lot of the breweries I've worked at, you know, the largest brewery I worked at, we did 4,000 barrels in a year. So that's sizable compared to a lot of mm. tiny little brew pubs but it's still it's a drop in the bucket compared to some of the largest breweries but still we would have inconsistencies where fermentations wouldn't go exactly right so what do the big guys do what they do f- first and foremost is they will do what i mentioned earlier at the top of the episode which is high gravity brewing so they'll just produce a a beer that would probably be you know eight nine ten percent alcohol and they then add water to it after it's fermented Throw so, water so they can get exactly what they want out of it. But they also, I don't know that every big, you know, macabre does this, but I know that some of them do this. It's called continuous fermentation. And so they are constantly dosing a fermentation with fresh wort and the yeast is constantly fermenting that. And it's a really crazy thing. And you have to worry about stressing out your yeast and all that, but they do it in a way so that it makes uh, for incredible consistency. You don't want to stress out the yeast. <laughs> you you don't. gotta. It's gotta. <laughs> it needs some time to relax. <laughs> and then you pull off a bunch of that and let it finish fermenting. Um, you know, in a separate tank. And then, like for beechwood aging, you know, this is this is obviously something only um, happens with Budweiser. But they'll add, um, you know, a bunch of wood chips to it. Um, they have no flavor. They won't add any flavor to the beer. They just help uh, encourage flocculation and sedimentation of the yeast, which means that you've got a lot of, you got a big cloudy beer that's done fermenting, 
but you have to wait another three, four days or something for some of the yeast to drop out before you filter it. So it's crystal clear. But if you add some of this, um, some of this particulate matter in the form of wood chips, a lot of the yeast will glom onto those wood chips and they become heavy and they sink to the bottom of the tank. So it's just a clarification method. It speeds up the brewing process a little bit. Can you then reuse those? I mean, can you, can you extract the yeast from those wood chips? Yes. For what goal, though? To reuse the yeast yeah, or reuse yeah. the chips? To reuse the yeast. Uh, or you wouldn't reuse the yeast. The yeast at that point is so stressed, it's like Franken yeast at that point because it's okay. just gone through the continuous Let fermentation. Let it go home. Send it home to its family. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's the, the yeast it's union, the yeast union is not going to allow it those hours. <laughs> it needs a winter break. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the winter gonna... break. Light beer is just inherently a dialed back version of something else. Mm-hmm. It's something being replicated. It's not a healthier. Oh, it's not healthier. I mean, it has fewer bad things in it for you, like calories. Yeah. I don't know. That's part of why it doesn't appeal to me, I guess. Well, just on a basic mental level, it's like, oh, this is the lesser version of something else. And yeah. I'd rather have less of that better thing than... But what's wrong with, you know, are you always in the mood for a barley wine? No. Okay. Do you like, instead of a 12% alcohol amber-colored beer that's really bitter, how about a 6% alcohol amber ale that's half as bitter as a barley wine? Is that more appealing sometimes? It is more appealing. So it's less of a bigger thing. Yeah, but it's not specifically made to be... The half as much as the barley wine. Uh, the person who created could, it, or I, is it? You I, could. You'll find. Yeah, the man you could. And, I mean, if you go back, all right, five, <laughs> five, six hundred years in English brewing okay. history, you get into the October beer idea, which is like Downton Abbey. Oh, we've, these fancy yeah. estates having these October beers, and they're impossible to drink until they're two years old because it takes so long for them to ferment. All they're twelve percent right. alcohol. These weird, sweet, gloppy things. <laughs> they're the precursor not only to barley wines but also to the doing something called the party guile system, which is where you brew two different beers from the same batch of uh, the same mash. They're the precursor to barley wine. Yeah. So it's not like we had barley wine and we're like, let's make this half as much. Well, but listen to me. So the party guile thing, it shows, so they would brew sort of an upstairs beer and a downstairs beer. And the downstairs beer was the one that people, you know, the the servants. This is, this is very Downton Abbey. I know <laughs> the servants could drink it. It was really cheaper. It was it was like it. the free beer that came off of the expensive mash okay. that made the the rich higher alcohol more flavorful beer. And so um, so small beers uh, like Anchor Brewing Company in San Francisco for a long time had a small beer. It was the second runnings, the second beer that they would. It's brew. called a small beer. Yeah, it's just called Anchor Small Beer. I don't think I've heard um, of that. It was like three percent alcohol or so, and it was just the leftover. So so you know they they make a beer called old foghorn. That's their nine or 10% mm-hmm. alcohol barley wine. And then to make that so rich, you add a lot of malt to the mash and you don't sparge it. You don't rinse a lot of sugars off of it to be really efficient and get all the sugars out of, um, out of your mash because you're going to end up diluting it. And you don't want to dilute those sugars to create a really rich, intense, high alcohol beer. So that's their old foghorn, but they're left over with this mash that still has some fermentable sugar in there. So rather than just dumping it down the drain or, you know, whatever, graining out and giving it to a farmer uh, for his, to feed his cattle, um, you can just sparge it at that point, rinse out the final bits of sugar that, that are in there and ferment a beer from there. And it's going to have less character, less flavor, less alcohol, but it's still good, still drinkable. And so that sort of thing is like, Less of a bigger thing, but it's all from the exact same brew day, the exact same mash. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm p- pick, picking. No, weird no, I know, I know, and I'm also, I mean, I'm also like the subjective part of it is like the it's the intent to me that mm-hmm. kind of separates it. Like it is yeah. like, even like oh, this part works, and this is the I'm being contrarian. This is I'm being contrarian. Part. I'm throwing you under the bus. Here. Oh, I love it. You're still bullying. I think I said earlier <laughs> that's the part we're going to work on. The noom is first. I'm going to lose some weight first, <laughs> and then we'll work on the bullying. Um, no, no, but I appreciate it. Also, that's I don't know. And we haven't gotten a Downton Abbey yet on this podcast, and I'm glad we've. Is that a TV show? Is it- you don't know Downton Abbey? 
Uh, Larry, it's not from Hollywood. It's Larry, from, you love Down Abbey. Don't I've pretend. Never, I've actually, I, love I'm, I'm aware of it. I've never seen it. I've never. There's seen a new it movie. Episode. There's a new movie. They go to France. I, I have think. never seen. A, a I've actually never episode. seen it. I know of one character who died, and it made my wife, Mid Megan, very sad. Really? Yeah. I won't spoil though. Um, <laughs> so, Please don't. Uh, before we kind of wrap it up, Larry, do you have any other questions or anything? I don't think so. Not right now. All right. Okay, cool. So to wrap it up, then let me ask you this then, Rich, because we're talking about like healthy whatever beers. Not, I know, not healthy, but... Did you ask me that so I don't interrupt your question? I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See how I just did that? Yeah, well played. Well played. Yeah. But to... So then let's... Setting aside light beers, let's say someone like me who's probably not going to be going to go buy Bud Light probably. I'm probably going to still go to breweries. I'm going to hopefully be healthier than I've been in the past. Is there anything to look for beyond just ABV that's going to kind of indicate a beer being lower, either lower in calories or generally more filling? I think AB, ABV is a good, um, it's a good signifier for, or a good marker for what, for what you're looking for. There aren't a lot of beers that are high in residual sugar, AKA sweet and low, al- low in alcohol. Mm. Um, but if you do like that sort of combination, I'd stick with more English style beers. So something like an English mild tends to have a little bit of residual sugar and a little bit of sweetness, <laughs> softness, body, but not a lot of, not a lot of and booze. Very sessionable. Very sessionable. Very exactly. sessionable. So the, the, we've really glossed it. We're not glossed it. We haven't even touched on the, the, um, Czech and brew and, uh, wow. Czech and brewery, Czech and, uh, German brewing traditions of their lighter beers and they don't call them light beer. Well, in Germany, I guess they do. So a German leicht beer, which is German for light beer. Leicht is light, but we get in English and we also get beer from German beer and, in English. So Leicht beer is often a lighter version of a Pilsner. Um, Germans take their Pilsners pretty seriously and they also take their Leicht beer pretty seriously. There aren't a lot of them being brewed, but they are out there and they are typically, you still will taste the malt. You'll still will taste some bitterness and, you know, noble flavors from the German hops. So they're delicious. They're 32 to 3.5% alcohol. They're hard to find if you're outside of Germany, but they're out there. And then in uh, the Czech brewing tradition, there's something called the Vichepni, which is their, it literally means tap beer, but it's just, it's not that all draft beer is Vichepni, but it's the idea that like, this is a beer that is kind of from before the, the practice of bottling beer and, you know, you'd never bottle. It's just every town in, in the Czech Republic, you know, has tons of breweries and they're all going to brew a Vichepni. It's often 10 degrees Play-Doh for the original gravity. So any brewers out there, you can nerd out, nerd out about that, but you know, something like a lot of Pilsners are 12%, sorry, not 12%, 12 degrees Play-Doh. So it's a drop of, what's that, 17% of the fermentable sugar is is missing. So it's not a huge difference, but it's still a fairly easy drinking light beer that you can pound, and it's delicious, and it's 4, 4% alcohol or so. So Vichepnies are out there, um, especially in the Czech Republic. There are now some craft breweries in the United States that are kind of really picking up the Czech banner for their beers. There's one in New Hampshire called Schilling. There's another one in, I think, Massachusetts called Notch that has some real uh, compromised uh, issues of compromise around um, racial equity and gender equity and things like that. So I don't really want to so go shilling is what <laughs> promote them. There, I think there will be more Czech style breweries opening up in the U.S. The big problem is that all the words are utterly inscrutable uh if you only speak english right you know yeah. german is hard enough french is yeah. hard enough but like czech a slavic language is impossible so you know we're talking things like well, we have a tough enough time saying pilsner 
Urquell or yeah. Urquell, right? I'm, you know, I thought about that. I'm, I'm softening my stance on insisting it should be called Urquell. It's stupid. It should. I mean, <laughs> if you want to call it Urquell, go for it. Urquell? How do they say? It? Is it? Well, they don't say it? it that way. They say Pilsensky Prazdroy, which is the, the Czech for it. Oh, they got so, a whole different thing. Pilsner Urquell or Urquell or Urquell is the German for it. Oh. And they don't speak German in the Czech Republic anymore. But when this beer came out in 1842, got the it. Germans had like basically invaded. It was like sort of a pro-German colony. What is the Czech? What do what the Czechs call it again? Pilsensky Prazdroy. And it's the same translation as Pilsner and Quell. It means original source Pilsner. So Pilsensky means of Pilsen, uh-huh. of the city of Pilsen. Right. And then Prazdroy is like original source. Pilsensky Prazdroy. Yeah. So if you were speaking German, you would say Uckwell, which means Ur is right. original and Quell is like a, a source, like a fountain, a, a spring. So Urquell is how they'd say it there. And if you want to say Urkel here or Quell here, that's fine. And, oh, I love this. I just noticed that my buddy, Dan, who uh, runs a brewery, who owns a brewery in Santa Cruz, um, he's just a huge fan of Czech beer and, and German lagers, too. I, I brewed What with brewery? Uh, he you? owns something called New Bohemia okay. um, in, in uh, Santa Cruz. Um, and uh, Go and say hi, somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I, want, I want someone to go there and tell Dan Rich Higgins sent him. Dan, Liquid Bread Dan's podcast. a great guy. I love Dan. Uh, anyway, he's got a Pilsner that is his Czech Pilsner. And um, I don't know if he's in San Cruz or the neighboring town so- Sokel. Sokel? I don't know how to say it. It's S-O-Q-U-E-L. But you know where this is going. What's they the, call what's it the name Pilsensky of Prozdroy. <laughs> exactly, Maddie. You figured it out. It <laughs> yeah, so he's got Pilsner Sokel. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I haven't drunk it yet, that's but fun. I look forward to it at some point. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think that's about it. That's that's good on light beer. I think I'm going to stick to just less of the of the non light beer. Is my that is one option. You don't have to, but that's what says me personally. You know, that's, whatever. I'm going to keep people. Boat, I'm going to keep people afloat of my new. Yeah, journey. that's where I'm trying to go. Whatever floats your boat. I, by one option, I meant you know, if you just want to drink more light yeah. beer, that's fine too. You know, oh yeah, judging. I mean, I have a, yeah. One of my buddies, Joe, is he loves Bud Light. And he just says he loves Bud Light, <laughs> and, he, and like I think part of it's you know you you drink a lot of it something and you come to like the familiarity and the. This is my whole family down. Attachment. Uh, like when I go home, they like they they think that is beer. Yeah. And everything yeah. else, what is, yeah. I don't know what that is. This is beer. Yeah. They're not wrong. I know, but they are wrong. They don't have the fuller think, perspective. That you yes, do. of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not enlightened like you, Larry. No, I don't need to be enlightened. <laughs> but like, who wants light beer when you can have enlightened beer? <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> if you have any questions about light beer, let us know. Uh, find us on Twitter at Liquid Bread Pod. Email us with any questions. If you want any ideas for a pairing of light beer, I'm not going to prompt Rich for that right now. If someone wants it, we'll make Rich do it. Liquidbreadpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, Larry, <laughs> Larry, do you have anything to promote? Um, no. Well, I mean, I got some stuff coming up. Um, I'm oh, actually gosh. on Animal Kingdom tonight. Yeah, oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. But I got something else coming up, but I'll save it for another episode. So watch Animal Ooh. Kingdom and watch Larry's episode. What do you do on Animal Kingdom? What are you? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teacher that lays down the fucking law. <laughs> Lay down the money. On these animals. <laughs> You're the king of the jungle. <laughs> First episode of season six. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Rich, anything you want to plug? Uh, my buddy Dan's uh, brewery. <laughs> Go to New Bohemia. <laughs> yeah, New Bohemia and Pilsner Soquel, a beer I've never had, but brewed by a guy I respect. And well... Until next time. Just gonna let it sit. We'll just Larry's play the punch music. In the face. We'll play the music. Larry's putting his phone in his pocket. He's exiting the room. I'll say the first part. <laughs> <laughs>
section. I'm not saying the section. Happy beer. 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 Happy beering, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>